What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live here on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Interestingly, for the second week of the row, we are live on Facebook as well, that old platform. But maybe you're listening to the audio podcast later on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, wherever you listen to you podcasts. You should just name it's more. You know what I mean? Like, just name more, you know, possible name places. More, or should I name more the Submariner? Wakanda forever. I knew it. I knew it. That was a cue up. Anyway, if you are just tuning in, we have a great show for you tonight. I'm very excited about the guests that we have on the show that we haven't talked in a while. Just a quick note. Justin, sadly, is uh, running pretty late, but hopefully he should be here halfway through the interview and really disrupt things. So that's yeah, be or he could get uh, right at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> Either way, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter because we have a great guest for you. We have not talked to her, and this is, I'll note, she mentioned this, not me. She looked this up, and she's totally right. We haven't talked to her on the show since 2008, pre-podcast times. Let's bring her in right now, Cecil Castellucci. Hello! Welcome! Oh, my gosh. So good to see you. You, too. I mean, the last time we had such a good time at the People's Improv Theater oh, in yeah. New York on a yeah. couch. It was fabulous. Yeah. Yes, and now we're home on our own couches, which is maybe more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Could be. Uh, but you have a lot of stuff going on, though, which I'm very excited to talk about. The main reason you're here is to talk about Nixie. Uh, oh, my gosh. I was about to get that horribly wrong. Nikki <laughs> Fixes Time Nix, which is an iHeartRadio podcast series. But before we do, I, I want to mention... So you have a book that came out uh, two, uh, my time's wrong, three months ago now, called Shifting Earth from Dark Horse Burger Books, which is awesome. Oh, wow. And we have we have a chef who works with us. His name is uh, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray, Stray Bullet. Bullies. He's a great guy. And what he does sometimes is he designs drinks for us on a weekly basis. Um, they're very cool, uh, very awesome. And sometimes he does it for the guests, not always. Uh, but this time he did. He actually created a guest for you. I'm going to see if I can bring up the right thing. This is a new thing. They could totally change the system here. Uh, but he created a drink Ooh. called the Shifting Earth. Oh, my God. I love uh, it. I'm taking a picture yeah, of that. Yeah, so... So, well, I can send it to you, but uh, just to read it for anybody who's listening on the audio podcast, it's gin, anchovies liqueur, dry vermouth, orange liqueur, lemon juice, agave, peachouts, bitters, maraschino cherries, and it's based on the story Shifting Earth by Cecil Castellucci about a parallel earth ruled by two moons. This cocktail is awesome, earthy, spicy, sweet, and sour. I'm going to give some directions there, and uh, I made one for myself tonight. Ooh. Wow. That is it's amazing. Very good. Thank you, Stray Bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stray got a shout uh, out. Yes. Uh, but there you go. It's delicious. It's deep. A lot of stuff going on, just like in Shifting Earth, which oh. we will talk about in a second. Um, but first, let's talk about Nikki Fix, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's 12 episode series. Seven episodes are out so far as a, a coming out once a week. Is that yes. correct? Yes, that is cool. true. Um, uh, yep, it's 12 episodes and it's a, um, a young adult time travel, rock and roll, um, extravaganza, um, that, uh, that Einhorn, uh, productions, uh, uh, made. And it was, it was really fun to work on. It kind of like marries a couple of the things that I like, you know, I used to be in an indie rock band, um, in the nineties and this takes Mm -hmm. place in the nineties and, um, and I love a good time travel story. So it was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I listened to the first couple of episodes today, and they're super, super fun. Uh, just to give people that idea, and this might go wrong again, I'm playing with all the new bells and whistles we have here on Crowdcast. But, uh, what if you had the chance to change the past and create the future you've always dreamed of? Tonight's Sounds the night, good. Bobby. So, how many people are SVP'd to the show? Um, one. Yeah, Nikki <laughs> Fix! Woohoo! Yeah! Hey, I'm 
Nikki right, Fix. Well, and my first step towards my dreams of musical stardom is playing at the iconic Millennium Roller Rink in Old Bridge, New Jersey. There's only one small problem. I just got the final word earlier today. Landlord sold But then, something incredible happened. Nikki, what's going on with that guitar? What's happening? What was it back to? How hard was it to come up with something that yeah. felt fresh and new and different? Oh it's it's hard to hear we? you, Alex. Wait, look uh, at this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 27th, 19th. Okay, there we go. Wait, how about that? How about if I get rid of this thing? Any better? Go. Oh, that's better. That's great. Haven't worked out all the kicks. What I was saying was that it is, there's been so many time travel stories what is involved in creating a time travel story that is completely fresh and different like this one? Um, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, that is the trick, right? It is so complicated to do time travel. I think anybody who's ever written a time travel piece or watched a time travel piece and loved it, it's like, it's so it's so complicated and it's like you need like a degree in astrophysics to you know to just kind of like sort it out so there's um a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh uh fun is i think the the main thing that we in the writers room um you know tried to like sort of approach it with like um and heart i think was like the the thread nice. of our our time time travel magic or rules or whatever um is sort of nick like nikki's heart um I want to give a shout out to the other writers in the room, uh, Blue Beckford, Louis Joyce, and uh, Natalia Janchuk, and of course, Adam Staffaroni. But um, because it was a real puzzle, and um, I think what we, you know, what we tried to do is we tried to make it a coming-of-age story that sort of follows one thread of a girl who's trying to find herself and fix her shit, and, um, <laughs> and that just happens to, you know, sort of deal with... Um, with time travel stuff. So what does that look like when, you know, you're living now and you're having trouble with your parents, but that goes back in time as well, you know, so. Cool. Well, what was it like working with a writer's room? I mean, I know you just touched on this a little bit, but does it work the same way it does with TV, with podcasts? Is it different because it's an audio medium? I mean, I don't know. I've never, it was my first time being in a, a writer's room, really. I mean, I'd done one little one for one day uh, for an animated thing once, but, um, and this was the first time that I was the head writer, you know, um, uh, but it was super fun. I mean, usually when I write, I'm by myself. And so it was amazing to be in a room with, you know, Louis and Natalia and Blue and, and Adam and just like have other people to shoot the shit with about the story. And, um, and so that was incredible. I loved engaging with all of their brains. Everybody had 50 million great ideas that we couldn't put in the show because otherwise it would have been like 112 episodes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, for me, it was super fun. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends that work in Hollywood. I mean, I, I live in California and, and um, you know, I, I, I definitely had heard some tales uh, and stuff, uh, but, uh, for me, this was just like, and I hope the other writers felt like this too, that it was just a super fun uh, puzzle piece to tease out. Cool. Yeah. Um, when, I was curious what you see as the age range for this show. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of your stuff is YA, but not all ages necessarily, but any age. Yeah, I think yeah. you aim for allowing it for anybody. Does the, do you feel like this fits into the same sort of thing? I mean, I definitely do. I mean, I think it's called YA, but I think it's perfectly appropriate for like, a, a you know, an eight or nine year old to, to listen to because, um, you know, especially because kids like to like sort of read up or listen up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, and I think that, uh, I think that it's, it's real family friendly in, in that, in that sense. Um, uh, and yeah, I do feel like I always aim, even though I might be categorized in like one category, um, I, I try to always make it so that anybody could pick it up. I mean, Shifting Earth is definitely an, a, more an adult, you know, adult book. Um, you know, Shade the Changing Girl, uh, you know, um, 
was for mature readers, but I think it was perfectly appropriate for you know for a for a for a teenager. Um, so yeah, I and the Star Wars that I'm doing now, like Star Wars Hyperspace, um, it's technically all ages, so that kids can read it. But even with my Princess Leia novel, I tried to make it so that a kid would feel like they were reading a little too a little too above their reading level, and an adult would feel mm-hmm. like they weren't being um, talked down to. So yeah. It sounds like you've got a lot of amazing things going on. Do you, how do you wear all these different nerdy hats? Do you dedicate certain hours of your day to star Wars and certain to, you know, like it's a, it's pretty impressive collection. You just spat out there. Um, yeah. I've got all, my heart is like separated into many small corners and there's, it's like a geography of my nerd heart uh-huh. um, uh, is in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I just love stories and I love telling them and I, it's pretty fun to get to play in, in some, um, some pretty kick-ass, uh, sandboxes. Um, and then to also do, you know, to come up with, with my own stuff. That's kind of like for me living the dream is to get to do both. Um, pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about shifting earth a little bit because, uh, this is, like you said, it definitely skews older than Nikki Fix. I keep wanting to say Nikki Mix, and that's wrong. And I know it's wrong, but it keeps sticking in my head. But Shifting Earth definitely skews a little bit older. But there's some big ideas you're dealing with here in terms of just at the baseline sci-fi level of parallel earths, but it's almost this eco-thriller in terms of taking some very dark looks about what potentially could happen with our earth or a earth out there. Where did the germ of the idea start for this? I mean, this is kind of like my pandemic baby, you know, uh, Karen (laughs) Berger and I, the, you know, the amazing Karen Berger. um, And I had had lunch, I think a week before lockdown to like, kind of like, you know, um, we'd always sort of wanted to work with each other. And, um, and, uh, and then the lockdown happened and all of a sudden I was thinking about food and gardening and I was scrapping seeds. Like I'd make a tomato salad and then I would save the seeds and then plant them, you know, to grow tomatoes. Um, anything that was in my kitchen, I was like, how can maybe, you know, my friend who's a gardener was like, you can regrow everything. I was like, all right, put it in the ground, you know. Um, and uh and then also, like, there were the fires, and so there was a lot of, you know, it looked like Mars in Los Angeles because of the smoke. Oh, and um, so that just got me really thinking. And I think just being locked in the house and with fires outside and, um, and trying to think about food security, um, I, I just started thinking about, like, where could I go, you know? And sort of writing this parallel Earth story just kind of, seemed like a natural sort of way of escapism. But then also, you know, um, talking about uh, something that's really important, which is the climate crisis and sort of what would you do um, if you were faced with a way to solve a problem, but also realizing that there are other problems to be solved. And I think that like one of the things that there is in um, when we think about the climate crisis is, you know, a lot of people feel really hopeless and stuff. And they think, well, when, you know, we should have done something 50 years ago. Why, you know, what's the point of doing it now? But I think every single scientist, every single climate activist, every single climate uh, person thinks like, well, you can do something today. Today is the day you can start doing something, you know. And, um, And so I really wanted it to be a conversation piece about sort of, the little actions that we might be able to take to, um, to, you know, think about making a hopeful future. Nice. I, uh, not to get too much into spoilers, but reading this book, like you're intimating a little bit here, it takes place, or at least part of it takes place at the beginning in, I believe, 2042. Mm. And a lot of the things that people are doing from wearing masks to being worried about social media and the environment and what the repercussions are going to be. It feels like this small, very logical step to the point that it was very stressful to read, frankly, when there's things like the sun has sunspots and they're starting to darken out and people are like, Oh man, there goes the sun again. And 
yeah, I can't imagine if it was stressful for me to read. Was it stressful for you to write <laughs> on the same level? Well, I mean, definitely. I mean, when you start sort of digging into what a near future Earth, um, you know, could look like in our reality if we don't do anything, you know, um, or even if we do do something. I mean, just think about the weather events that are happening constantly um, now, you know, um, or the fact that, like, um, you know, we don't, you know, that 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 we really need to the, the amount of seeds um you know, are not as robust as they were before, as biodiverse as they were before, and that, you know, we're trying to sort of reclaim that, rewild, you know, all of those things. Um, it does get pretty depressing, but I think one of the jobs of science fiction is to um, think about hopeful futures, right? I mean, in a way, Nikki Fix is about that too, right? It's like about trying to, you know, fix your shit, right? And um, <laughs> and so I think that they're, you know, they're, they're kind of... Uh, they're like in that way. And I think that science fiction does that really well. It, it allows you to take topics that are timely, right? With Nikki Fix, it's talking about sort of like finding your own voice, I think, and um, thinking about uh, uh, the pressures of, uh, you know, the, the, this technology age that we live in with the, the algorithm and stuff like that. And how do you find your unique self in that, in that sort of world? And, um, uh, you know, and with uh, with shifting Earth, it's about trying to figure out how to uh, think of a you know hopeful future when we when we've set up this um, this environment uh, you know um, for ourselves. And I think that what science fiction does really well is to um, make us think about these contemporary um, issues uh, you know in a sort of safe way with a psychic distance um, mm -hmm. uh, because it's. And, and I think one of the jobs of science fiction as well is to think about, I think with Shifting Earth, is, um, you know, I, 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 I don't call it, this isn't my term, it's someone else's term, but like the idea of hope punk, where rather than like being like, well, everything is horrible and it's completely grim and apocalyptic and we messed up, we fucked it up and that's it, it's over, you know, um, that there's this hopelessness there. Um, but to try to imagine science fiction stories where there are seeds, pun intended, of hope so that, uh, so that we can imagine a hopeful future, you know, because I think mm. that science fiction can help us to imagine ways out of our dire situations. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a question for you from the comments. This is from Derek Mainhart. Are there other authors working in a similar vein that you're reading? I mean, I think that there, yeah, there are a lot. Um, I, I would really recommend um, Matt Bell's book, Appleseed. Uh, it's brilliant. Um, I would recommend pretty much anything by Cory Doctorow. Um, uh, you know, Cory is a good friend, and he always um, talks about how, like, you know, people imagine that at the end or in some big major event that, you know, people will sit on their porch with a gun but what if you imagined that you would go over to your neighbor's house with a cake instead, you know? And, um, <laughs> and I, that's that's what I like. So yeah, so I think um, uh, those are good people. Um, uh, I think Devin Grayson uh, did a you know did a book also with um, with Karen Berger that sort of you know talks about it's called Rewild I think and it's like talking about rewilding. Um, Eden Lepucky, uh she has a book called California. Um, Shereel Smith, uh, a book called Orleans. There's a lot of um, wow. uh, there's a lot of things. You know, it's interesting because uh, I was trying. I'm seeing a question. Any comics climate? Yeah, I would say Rewild. Um, you know, there's a lot right now in literature um, and in comics. It's not. There's not as many. There are some, but there's not as many. There, and of course, I don't have like my my list with me. But um, I did do a panel at uh, at San Diego Comic Con um, that uh, that had a couple of of books on it um, uh, about about this topic. But it was it was a little bit. I, I could have like a million literary authors come and do that panel, but it was hard finding comics. I think that's going to change because we're this is something we're all dealing with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, sorry if that didn't answer your question, Nat, Nat no, Towson. No, <laughs> well, why, I, I mean, not to put you on the spot here with specifically this, but why do you think comics isn't necessarily doing a good job of tackling this? Is it that 
these are complex topics and comics, and this is not to be dismissive of comics on our comic book club show that we've been doing for a while, but tends to deal with things broadly just because of the limited nature of the amount of panels you have versus the words you could put in a prose book, or is there another reason? I think it's just trends, you know, like people get into, I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think comics sometimes deal deals with um topics better than literature does and it you know and, mm-hmm. and and they're never exactly the same at the same exact time um and so i think uh i think it's a matter of um you know uh i don't want to say serious comics cuz that's the that's the wrong that's the wrong word but um you know uh literary comics or i don't know you know whatever but i mean people deal with it i mean it's not like we're not dealing with it i mean look at you know poison ivy i mean that's a or swamp thing those are right, those yeah. are climate change you know uh, uh books as well so i think that we are in comics constantly dealing with it it's just um through a different lens and um mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I think that the, the the fact that right now maybe there aren't as many um, as in literature or you know like prose uh, just means that it's it's just a biorhythm. It's just like that's it will be there. It will come. Mm-hmm. Maybe the problem is using all of that ink and materials to create comics about climate change when you're going to knock down a couple of trees to do it. But like, you're going to do the same with books, too, right? With novels. <laughs> uh, well, let's go from science fiction to fantasy science fiction with Star Wars. Uh, like you mentioned, you've been working that world before, but you've been writing these really fun stories for it's IDW, right? It's is the Dark one that's Horse. putting these out? Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Okay. They're. Sorry, the property is all over the place. Yeah. So I keep messing it up. But um, talk about this book a little bit. What's it been like writing these all-ages Star Wars stories? Well, it's super fun. So it's a series called Star Wars Hyperspace. And um, it's three writers who are writing it. It's me, uh, Amanda Debert, and uh, Michael Morrissey. And um, and they all the stories take place in many different eras. And it's they're not in order of era. So it's, you know... Um, issue one, which was by Amanda, was uh, um, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, and, um, you know, uh, at that time, and then and then issue two and three, which were mine, are, you know, uh, Leia and Luke, uh, between Star Wars and Empire, and uh, uh, Poe and Finn, um, and so, you know, they're, they're all over the place, some hero pairings, some villain pairings. Um, and the fun thing about it is that there's a, there's an interconnected story with all of them. So if you were to put at the end the, the story in time order, um, mm-hmm. you would get a little thread of a, of, a, of a sort of B story that's sort of threaded throughout. Cool. Wow. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, we read a couple of them, and they are super fun, and they're fun to read. It's nice yeah. to know that there's a little bit of a continuity thing going on there. Uh, on that note, though, even though they are these all-ages stories, I'm sure there has to be a little bit of checking going on with Lucasfilm and the greater universe and the place that things fall in. What's that coordination like? Oh, I mean, it's super fun. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like, I get confused in my eras, you know, even though I'm a big Star Wars nerd, I'm like, you know, I say I name something the wrong thing because it's like, well, it's not that at this point, it's that at this point and, you know, all of that. Um, So it's kind of cool to get notes from like deep dive, you know, deep dive like notes from a from story group and stuff. Um, uh, And and then it's just really it was really fun to come up with the threaded story with um, with Amanda and Michael. Um, But yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because I think part of the job with Star Wars hyperspace is to be in the world and, you know, and move the characters forward in their sort of deep in their relationships with each other um, and stuff. But, um, uh, uh-oh, am I, am I there? Am you I here? here? Yes, you, yeah. you're um, there. You, you went a little herky-jerky for a second, but you're yeah, all Yeah, I'm getting a weird thing that's like... Oh, no. Uh-oh. Things have gone horribly wrong. 
<laughs> oh, we can't hear you now. Uh, here, tell you what, I'm going to... Here, try taking out your headphones and putting them back in again. <laughs> here. Pete, how are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks for asking. Uh, that stuff, she was right in the middle of a point. That's, uh, that's a tough time to, uh, to freeze up. Um, well, Pete, while we're waiting, there was a question about, uh, this is for Cecil, about favorite Star Wars show, movie, or comic book. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Thanks, thanks for asking. Yeah. I mean, you know, I noticed since Andor has, uh, kind of finished its first season, everybody's been ranking the, you know, the Star Wars TV shows, and I'm definitely in the minority because I put the Mandalorian uh, really high up there, and then uh, you know, it, uh, you know, everybody's putting uh, Andor up there. It's like you know, Justin thinks it's the greatest uh, Star Wars TV, TV show, show and, and you know, you know he, oh, he, his, his opinion is I guess. Am I back? You are. You are. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're. Like, you're yeah, I think you're getting in our echo. echo. Uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe your headphones are out. No, they're not out. I don't really, I don't really, I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, I just don't oh, really okay. know what happened. It's, it, it's, it, everything just sort of like said I had to force quit everything. And I was like, what the hell is happening? So, um, uh, so I did, but then it wouldn't let me join because it said I was already here. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Well, we're definitely, well, we're definitely getting, getting my echo, echo which, which is, which is, which is fine. fine. Okay. Uh, oh, hold on. I'm going to try you... again. Is this better? There we go. Yes. Yes, ah, it is. There, there we go. go. We figured it out. Live Once tech again, support. I am so sorry. Uh, and I will just <laughs> sum up by saying Star Wars is fun. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Well, I, I did have a, a question for you. There's a little bit of a swerve to, to take it like all the way back. I think the first time we had you on the show was to talk about Plain Janes and the yeah, launch of Biggs. This, at the time, that was something where... DC and Marvel were like, what if we served different audiences? Wouldn't mm -hmm. that be interesting? Let's try that out. We are now, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, well over a decade out by that point, and things have changed considerably. I know this is a very broad question, but because you have been writing in this sort of genre is the wrong word, but in this mode all along, as well as different modes like we were talking about, how have things changed? Have they changed for the better? Have they progressed, do you think? Or have they gone backwards from that point when Minx launched? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's so much better. I mean, when Minx launched, right, um, the, I mean, we're right now in a golden age of kids' comics and young adult comics. Um, I mean, and, and comics in general. But, I mean, really, that is just like, just, just, to take taken over i mean it's just a plethora any any kind of book that you want you can get it's it's just it's robust it's diverse it's it's amazing um when minx came out uh you know which uh, plain janes which i did with jim rug the fabulous jim rug um you know barnes and noble and borders which was at the time and bookstores they wouldn't put the books in the young adult section they put them all together with the adult graphic novels. Um, mm -hmm. So kids couldn't find them. Um, libraries didn't have sort of the um, understanding yet of how to curate their collections because there wasn't really a lot of young adult books. Smile, Raina Talmiger's Smile hadn't come out yet. Um, so it really was like just very difficult because the infrastructure to support um, young adult comics, um, what wasn't really there. Uh, and my gosh, has it changed? And, um, and now it is there and now it's like only there, you know, and it's incredible, you know? Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, the landscape has, has, has changed incredibly. And I think it's a hundred percent for the better. And I think it can only get better. And I think that, you know, we're seeing that betterment come to all of comics, you know, um, not just to, you know, original graphic novels or young adult graphic novels, but, you know, comics for adults, comics for, uh, you know, superhero comics, 
uh, Star Wars comics. It's just it's just a whole brand new world, and it's incredible, and I love it, and I can't wait to make more of them. Yay! Awesome. Well, on that note, I know we've mentioned a couple of things that you have currently coming out or that previously came out, but what else do you want to plug? What else should people be checking out from you, either that's running now or coming up soon? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I love all my books. Um, I would say, I mean, I don't know. Have, have you read any of my stuff in the in the in the in the recent in the recent in the past 20 years or whatever? It is uh, OK, well, I mean, we read we definitely talked about Shane, the changing girl and Shane, the changing woman. Yeah. quite a bit when that was coming out, which was great. Um, that was oh gosh, so I know we've read a lot more fun. stuff. I'm going to here. I'm going to open it up because we and read then, so many yeah, books. I would say, OK, so recently. I mean, a book that I love uh, is Soupy Leaves Home, which, if you don't know, is about mm-hmm. a um, a girl who rides the rails as a um, hobo in Depression-era America. That's with oh, Jose wow. Pimenta. And um, that just was a book really near and dear to my heart. M- me and Jim Rugg finally got to finish The Plain Janes. That came out in 2020, oh, nice. of course. So, uh, mm-hmm. so, but we, you know, it was collected as, a, you know, book one and two came out on Minx, but we got the rights back and Little Brown put out an omnibus of book one, two, and we finally finished it with book okay. three. Um, uh, Female Furies, um, which uh, I did with Adriana Mello, which was, uh, you know, kind of a look at... Uh, what would the Me Too movement and a feminist awakening look like on Apocalypse um, uh, with the female furies? Um, I am uh, excited about that. I just did a, um, a Yasha Nadorian's uh, um, origin um, story for uh, Critical Role for the Mighty Nine, um, nice. and that was um, super fun. Cool. What else have I done? I don't know. Other things. Batgirl. Uh, you did some Batgirl. Batgirl. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. And that I'm really proud of because um, I think it's issue 47. Uh, you know, um, uh, it was part of the Joker War. And, um, you know, they had the Joker knocking on Barbara Gordon's door. And um, and that was the cover that I was given. And it was, it was hard. And, um, and so, um, you know, me, thank, thank you, Jessica Chen, who was the editor and, um, me and Robbie Rodriguez, um, and Jessica kind of like decided to have that issue be a sort of call and response to the killing joke, um, you know, and, um, and sort of like sort of re kind of have Barbara reframe the way that she sort of like deals with the Joker coming through her door again, um, and so I'm, I'm fiercely proud of that. I remember that issue. And I think one of the things that was wonderful about that, which I know you were just touching on here, is that that's become, I think, rightly so, a very controversial moment in comics. So mm-hmm. to have this and reframe it in a way that felt more responsible for a modern era, I thought was great to see. So I was very happy to see that issue as well. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, it was really nice, too, because Robbie really... Um, uh, tried to do some some panel layouts that echo uh, Killing Joke in a way, you know. Um, so it really was a call and response. Yeah. Well, Cecil, it was so good seeing you again. It was so good chatting again. Thank you so much for hopping on. Again, all the stuff is great. I really, really loved Shifting Earth, even though it stressed me out a ton. It's a beautifully done book, and I think everybody should read it. Uh, And Nikki Fix's Time Mix, uh, the seventh episode just came out, eighth episode coming out soon, 12 episodes total. And you can get it wherever you get podcasts, right? Yeah, iHeartRadio, I think, is the kind of default, uh, the default place, but yeah go check it out it's it's a it's a romp in time (laughs) excellent cecil thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure have a great night thank you so much keep up the great work thank you all right there we go once again that was cecil castellucci and iHeart's Nikki Fix's Time Mix, which is great. You can check that out on podcast platforms. Also, Shifting Earth from Dark Horse and Burger Books. That came out August 10th, so that is available everywhere. You should check it out right now because it is awesome. And now we are going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in Q&A here on Crowdcast. 
Uh, also, I believe JT Sizzle is here, so I'm going to invite him onto the main stage. Yeah. You can also drop a question in the comments over on YouTube. I'll keep an eye on those. Or you can do it. Hello, how are you, Justin? Or you Great. can do it in the comments on Facebook, I guess, if you're over there or whatever's going on. Justin, how are you doing? What are you drinking tonight? What's going on? Oh, wow. Right into it. I've got some more Labatt's. Big deal. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so that's fun. Um, I just caught the very end of that interview. S- sounded great. Apologies yeah, she's amazing, man. Um, we haven't seen her in a while. She's We've known her forever, out. though. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. um, we uh, interviewed her several times. Yeah, she's yeah. great. And that's why you avoided the interview because you didn't. I was like, I think we've covered that ground. No, I'm just kidding. I just was <laughs> late from work coming home because it is the season to um, really grind it out. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. If you say so. Pete, what about you? What are you drinking tonight? Oh, man, I'm having a refreshing uh, Zadie's lager. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Straight from my brother's fridge. Just be cool about it. Just be cool. Yeah. Nice. And I'm still working on the Shifting Earth, which is really delicious. Everybody should check it out. Brett did a really good job with this. Oh, yeah. Stray Bully's killing it, as usual. He doesn't Um, stop. Curious what this is going to look like. I'm going to bring up a question here while I have an overlay. Maybe I'll have to take that off. But uh, here we go. Oh, oh my gosh. So smooth. Two-part question. If you were suddenly trapped in a parallel Earth with two moons, do you think you'd eat dinner or supper? And would Justin still be late to the show? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I can catch I catch some shit here. That's right. Uh, as you should. Uh, Catching um, dinner all versus I know. Uh, dinner versus supper? Uh dinner is what you eat sort of nowish. Supper's when you're having a late night snack, is what I say. Oh mm. really? Yeah. I thought like I don't know, supper seemed like something fancier people said. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> that could be true. I always but... thought supper was less fancy, honestly. I always thought mm-hmm. supper whenever I picture supper, I picture like Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim and their little shack house being like, We're just eating some soup for supper and we're happy about everything. Yeah, Even supper's just like pulled. dinner. Yeah. Supper's just like dinner, but you eat it out of a dog bowl on the floor. Uh, but yes to answer the second part of the question absolutely Justin would still be late let's move over to a question from YouTube this is from Frederico Rosa given the amount of comics you guys read for the show what makes you come back to a comic and how often do you do it I think the short answer is uh, it's as often as I send the comic to you guys but what's the actual well I also (laughs) think um, you know like certain comics will make more noise you know like if we uh you know if we kind of pick something up and and really like it but sometimes you know like if we go away from a comic and then all of a sudden it picks up steam or people start talking about it we'll go back to it um you know we're trying to give the people what they want and we're also trying to uh make sure that we're you know covering the hits covering the things that um, other people uh, seem to be, you know, point out like this is cool. Check it out. So uh, that that's the answer for me, at least. Some people trust the algorithm, and we trust the Alex go rhythm, which is where the comics come from. Alex is our fire hose of straight fire comics. <laughs> uh, but what keeps me coming back? I mean, I get excited the same way I did with the first stack of comic books I ever read, stuffed into my stocking, like you know. 25 30 years ago um it's just like i'm into these characters a great art great story um in the stack we're going to talk about a ton of great comics tomorrow that are that will keep me coming back for more yeah it's all about yeah, the and STB. I think, uh, super type super bananas. Bananas. now available yeah. as a t-shirt on comicbookclub.threadless.com <laughs> check it out Give us a very tidy bit of money. We actually don't get most of that money. But if you want to get a shirt, have a good time. Uh, We got another question here from Crowdcast. This is from Kevin. What are some of your faves from early adulthood, not childhood, that you're afraid to revisit because they might not hold up? I'd say Wakanda Forever is one. What? (laughs) Wow. That's awful. It's Wakanda Forever. Just, I was, oh my goodness. You are like Todd on She-Hulk. Pete. I've wanted to say that for weeks. Like, Todd She oh. Hulk, when he does oh. the Wakanda Forever thing and they make fun of him, you've been yeah. doing it earnestly and for real. <laughs> exactly. Big Todd energy. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. we've always said. 
uh, faves from early adulthood that you're afraid to revisit? Um, I mean, I, I will say legitimately Lost is the one that I'm most afraid to revisit. Do not say anything. I know what you're going to say, Justin, because you don't like it as much as I do. But that's one that I loved so much when it was coming out that I am scared to revisit it and definitely hit, like, I know there's a span of episodes in the middle that, like, just do not work. Turns out rightly so, I think, on that one. That's a worthwhile feat. Here's the thing I will say. Like, I did end up re-watching the pilot a year ago, year and a half ago, just absolutely randomly, uh, and it's phenomenal. Like, it is still so good, that first episode. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch one episode a year and kind of space it out that way. I don't know. Be real good. I don't think that's the... I think it's because the pilot, they knew what they were doing. And then in almost mm-hmm. every episode after that, they were like, I don't know, let's write something crazy. We'll never have to answer these questions. Great. I think I'm still, I'm still going to love it. We can have this fight in our weekly Lost podcast where we fight about this over and over again. It's called mm-hmm. Comic Book Club. Uh, <laughs> I uh, In the comments, uh, people talking about revisiting Sandman, I was just staying um, out of town uh, for Thanksgiving, and they had um, a whole drawer of like a cabinet full of uh, the Sandman trades. Oh, I reread. Wow. I reread the um, uh, some of those, especially the um, the end at the edge of the world, and those hold up. Just they're two of my favorite Sandman issues are in there. Um, the one about Prez, uh, the Prez, the president, and the other about um, the guy who um, falls into a city's dream. Those stories have left such a mark on me. So it's great to reread those. They definitely hold up. Uh, I would say Death's Head um, was one of those ones where, as a young adult, I thought it was the coolest, but I'm scared to actually go back and, uh, you know, every once in a while he pops up and stuff like that, and it's uh, fun, but I'm worried that maybe uh, those other ones don't hold up. You know, I'm going to say for the comic that I um, am afraid to revisit is some of the larger crossover stuff from, uh, Mm. like, 15 years ago. Like, I'm curious, final, rereading Final Crisis, if I would like that more or less. What about Kingdom Come? Does that still Ooh. hold up? Those ones feel I like... I actually... Comics is something that, and this is probably just a function of us doing the show, but I do not mind revisiting it at all, even if it lets me down. I always find it very interesting when we go back and review something, even that we have reviewed over the span of the show, because... We had one opinion at one point based on a variety of factors. Now, all these years later, other things have happened. We've hopefully grown as people and changed as reviewers. And again, whenever we do it, I think it's really, really interesting to do, even if the thing does not hold up at all. Yeah, at some point, we just have to start over and just redo all the podcasts we've done so far, right? Oh, great. That's good. Pete will love that. Why don't we move to a question from YouTube? Um, The tube? Hmm. Here we go. This is from John Dorsey. All right, boys, let's get into it. Your favorite creative team, including colorists. So Miller and Varley oh. would qualify, but it's more common for it to be three people. It doesn't have to be, though. Um, including colorists. Yeah, including colorists. We might have to do a light, Oof, light We're bad at here. that. We are yeah. very bad at that. Well, I, I, I mean... I, I was just going to say, uh, like, John Romita Jr. and Klaus Jensen usually work together, mm, right? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a good I'm sorry if I could not mention which colorist they usually work with, but I know they usually work together very well. So they're very good. That's my answer. Uh, nice. Um, Pete, anything coming for you? I mean, I could, I could hit on some of the favorites um, with, like, the classic James Robinson, Tony Harris, Starman team. And that's such distinctive work. Um, Chris Bocciolo, I think, is someone who really elevates. Uh, that was what I was going to say. That really? Time. You were going to yeah. say that? Yeah, uh, I am a huge uh, Bocciolo fan. You know that. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, King, that Doctor uh, Strange run was like uh, just so worth it for the art alone. Uh, mm. Nice. Great. Um, Good three you know what person comes to team, mind? that one person. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, Nat uh, Towson says Chris Samney with Javier Rodriguez on colors. That's a good one. Uh, Derek took the one I was about to say, which is the Allreds, Mike Allred and Laura Allred. Great together. I'll just throw out there also the Dodsons. Great team. I mean, that's easy because they're always working together, uh, but they're really good too. Um, 
Justin, what were you going to say? Then? I was going to throw out Moon Knight um, jump to mind, sort of that uh, the Jordi Belair um, was working oh. on back. In I the thought day. you were going to say his three personalities working together. I mean, I love that too. That was heavily featured in that that run. <laughs> the three of us uh, collaborating. Oh wow! It's my fave. Uh, all right, here we go. We got another one over here on Crowdcast. Re climate change. It feels like comics often handle real issues better allegorically than literally. Why do you think this is? Am I totally wrong? Any counterexamples? Ooh, nice. Um, I think that's 100% uh, correct. I feel like mm-hmm. comics, I don't know what to sort of pin it on, but don't do a great job of sort of dealing, frankly, with directly, with head-on with real-world issues. Um, and I think it's because it's a comics are about escape, fantasy, a heightened reality. So when they come at something that is like trying to make a point, it feels a little put upon the story. But when you come at it as a metaphor or allegorically, I think it can really work because that's what comics do best. Also, there's you know, comics are still in the business of selling comics, and there are these people who you have to pitch things to that are like, that idea will never work. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to kind of get all that kind of through the system a little bit, if you will. Well, let me throw something out to you guys that I'm not even completely sold on as a issue at all. Well, then but... don't say it then. No, no, no. But <laughs> I think it's something that crops up all the time is that comics and superheroes do things allegorically and they present issues allegorically and then people 100% misinterpret them and run in absolutely the wrong direction. I think, uh, not to take it away from comics, but like Star Wars fandom deals with this a lot. And I've even seen a lot of the stuff pop up with Andor in particular, where people are like, you know, the Empire was actually pretty efficient with that prison now that I think of it. You're like, what are you doing? No, 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 <laughs> stop that. And it's the same thing with like, all of these conversations about, well, get your politics out of my comics. Stop putting politics in your Captain America comics. The guy who walks around wearing an American flag all the time. So what do you think about that? Do comics need to be even more blunt to get the messages through? Do they need to stay at the same level allegorically? Because honestly, these people are idiots anyway. Or uh, what's your take on this? I feel like the... We're not trying to get our news from comics. I think the the best what? way for a comic to make a point. I know Pete is. Yeah, um, a lot you. of news coming out of yeah. um, the the hand. Yeah, time to really open up my in. old Punisher newspaper. <laughs> Guns, the Punisher still Gazette. <laughs> uh, but they, I think they can be really instructive in changing people's like ways of thinking about the world or the way they take care of other people. I mean, that's such a, the, the hero story story is all about reaching out and taking care of the people around you in, in most cases. So I think you telling, getting into issues that way is a way that we can actually take lessons from comics without having to be um, mad about the specifics through a political lens. Yeah. But also there's this idea of once something is out there, it's not really, you know, yours anymore. It belongs to the people and however they're going to interpret that, that's their right. Right. You know, if I buy a song or or buy a, a movie or whatever it is, and I kind of feel a certain way about it or a certain connection, uh, that is kind of my truth or my you know reality, and it can be very wrong, and I can mishear words, or a lot of the times I'm not listening to lyrics, so it can be <laughs> this thing about uh, you know things kind of taking on a different life or hitting people differently depending on where they are in their life. So, I mean, things can start one way and then evolve into something else. Um, and I don't know if that's wrong or not, you know, well, I think it's it like, is. it's like when I downloaded Ted Lasso and made it about him not believing in the team. Oh, wow. I, wow. I really really strong that. stance. Strong. <laughs> stance. He touches it. He, it says, don't believe. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, something from Nat here. He says, what was Civil War an allegory for? I believe it was an allegory for uh, Iron Man and Captain America fighting was the idea yeah. there. Like, that's that's true. Him, you know? Yeah. Wow. It was a good metaphor. It's yeah, about it was a yeah, metaphor dad's for gun control you don't is like what it, it was. Yeah. Gun control and terrorism. There you go. Um, we got one more here. This is from Nelson Martinez over on YouTube. What's I up, also Nelson? am curious if you guys checked out the Guardians of the Holiday Special thoughts. I'm going to check it out tomorrow. I will mention we actually have a Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special Oh, you, um, you podcast. Take that? You taped that, guys? We did. Oh, man. We taped that. Oh. It's up in the Marvel Vision feed. Pete, though, so you can get me and Justin's thought on it. Uh, but Pete, you want to do a bonus episode right now? What did you think yeah. of the holiday special? Oh, it was, uh, it was great. I had a lot of fun. I laughed. Uh, saw it with my family. Thought it was really, uh, you know, I got a little choked up. Um, Kevin Bacon coming through hard there, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to dress up your brother like an alien so he can jam out with you. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was super sweet. I did want a little Gamora in there. Uh, so I was sad that that mm. didn't happen, but I, I thought it was just a great kind of 40 minute, like holiday special. You know what I mean? It was that silly, is what it was. fun. Uh, you know, uh, I thought it was great. What you wanted Gamora like, as a ghost of, um, Christmas past. No, I want, you know, um, I want them to get back together, you know, uh, uh, to break in my heart. That that's there's... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You got, you'll get Gamora of her there. You got oh, Galesa boy. Wow. And this. Yeah. We get yeah. it. You're a dad. You don't have to show off. The Grinch who punned Christmas over here. Oh, boy. Don't like it. All right, and that is it for the audience questions. We're going to move to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Uh, Pete LePage. All right, this is the part where we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free towards a gift card to Midtown Comics Online. Or, of course, uh, Long John Long Silvers. John Silvers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because why wouldn't we also give people an opportunity to what happens Elvin? did you just you got stoned and walked by long john silvers and just throwing money around you got a bunch of gift cards like how did this all go no down? it was a thing that happened on the show pete yeah it happened no, very we here for it Man, i should start paying yes. attention uh, they should do a combination yes. pizza hot taco bell for midtown comics and long john silver oh man yeah then i could call you from there yeah so, yes, as it says in the little Chiron there, if anybody wants to participate, raise your hand here on Crowdcast and we can pull you into the stream. Or if you're on YouTube, just type me. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it's, it. Uh, it's or the same Facebook, way they do it at Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. yeah, why are you excluding Or you Facebook guys could now? battle it out and we give it to oh, a charity. There's also Wait, we're on a screen. Zuckerberg. We're, we're on a screen yes. right now in the metaverse somewhere, and those folks are cheering. They're screaming for their own. I want to do trivia. And Alex, you got to oh speak God, to the meta. Like, legs, legs. We have legs, baby. Yep, they definitely have legs, and oh, all their limbs are connected. Joke. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, since we're not getting anybody here. Well, Derek, Derek's uh, going to do it. Oh, Derek's going to do it? Derek's going to do it. He's not just here the heart of the show. He's, he's the, the main, main heart of the show. Please there welcome to the rectangles, Derek Maynard. Nope, don't do it yet. Still got to do something. Okay. Oh, we got to do something? All right. Yeah, we got to do something. Alex? Oh, well, we're going to kick out Justin and welcome Derek, I guess. Is oh, nice. What? Is it a zero-sum game? It seems fair. Yeah, that's been Pete's dream oh. about trivia for years. Last week we couldn't get Nat out, and now you're making me leave. Yeah, Nat raised his hand. Nat no, raised no, his hand. No, I no raised Nat. my hand. There was enough of Nat. We got we're over you Natted. Did. Put me in the wing. Yeah, I put, invited Derek on stage. I don't know how any any of this works. I'm just going to drink my drink. It's still... hello, 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 Derek. Derek, am I here? Hey, put in. We some can hear you. Derek. Yes. I can't. Can you see me? It's probably better if you don't see me. Okay. Wow. Oh, that's fine. Put in. You got headphones in? I do not have headphones. Hang on. Okay. Put in some headphones. Otherwise, we're going to get this terrible echo. Oh, hang on. This might be a problem. Uh oh. This is fun. You know what? I'm not going to talk. Pete's going to take it away. All right. So, Derek, you still with us? 
I've moved uh, everything. Good. No, you're no, good. Is that how I sound? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what your voice sounds like. It's weird, oh, no. right? <laughs> it's a weird voice. All right. Here's what making, I'm he's building headphones out of uh, he's building headphones out of coconuts and strange. Right, this is fine. Pete just take it away. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this yeah, echo is not driving me insane. How about this, Derek? Why don't you mute and then until you answer and then answer unmuted? Here, I just muted it. Wow. Okay. How dare you answer in the How comments. dare you mute unmute, an unmute member, yourself? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Irene Cara, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. What is the name of the DC event coming out in 2023? Is it A, Night Terrors, B, Somewhat Beefy, or C, Maureen Teefy? What? Yep. Yep. So, so uh, should, should I just type them in? Or yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Hey, hey, nice yeah. 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 Hey. Is it better by? There we go. Yes. Yeah, yes. There we go. I'll, I'll unmute Derek. Derek, I'll unmute you when you're ready to answer. How about that? All right. Here we go. So got the Qu- first one. Question number two: Who is versus Archie in the new one shot coming out in January of 2023? Archie versus blank. Is it A, Batman, B, the world, or C, Richard Belzer? So we know we want it to be C, but maybe the world? I would love to see Richard Belzer. Let's go A, though. Uh, or B, the world. Or B. B is correct. Yeah, of course. All right, yeah, there yeah. we go. Here we go. Last one. Uh, Planet Hulk Woolbreaker number one is set to take place how many years in the future? Is it A, a thousand, B, a shit ton, or is it C, Carol Massenburg? Hmm. So it's either A, a thousand, which is the only one that makes sense. Well, how much is a shit ton, technically? I don't know. It's a thousand. Let's go with a thousand. (laughs) A thousand is correct. A, well done. All right, and would you you like like a a gift card to Midtown Midtown Comics Comics or Long Long John John Silvers? Well, since it's Giving Tuesday, can I donate my Long John Silvers gift card to charity? Yes, but it's still going to be a Long John John Silvers card. card. How about to the American Heart Association for the Long John Silvers gift card? All right, we'll do that. Thank you, Derek. I'm going to take you off the stage because this echo is terrible. Sorry. That's all right. Great talking with you. Not your fault. It it is the fault of Crowdcast. But there you go. You two can win uh, these fabulous prizes. We are, uh, as we all know. Well, I just wanted to quickly just. Oh yeah. Oh, you got a secret thing. Go ahead. Yeah, and of course, Kevin was uh, right. Uh, It is the 1980 hit Fame. Mm, yes. Uh, incredible. Now, as we all know, new comic books are coming out every week. What are you guys looking forward to? Oh, it's our big section, What's in Stores This Week. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm trying to work some stuff, okay? I just know that's true. This is a great new section. Who's uh, uh, Pete? What's in stores this week? All right, great. Uh, I'm going to get a microwave or like an air popper. (laughs) I'm looking forward to (laughs) Rogue Sun number eight, uh, Planet Hulk, a World Breaker number one, and uh, I'm sorry for murdering this, but uh, uh, is it Kolshi Kalashi Uh, in Hell number one of four, the uh, Hellboy? Uh, Mm. I don't know how to pronounce it, but. Mm. it's a it's a banger for sure. We got yeah, a yeah. banger. Justin, on what our about hands. you? What are you looking forward to? I gotta give it up for uh, a little comic that I'm calling Blue Beetle Graduation Day Number One. Mm-hmm. Blue Beetle, a character I haven't read a lot of lately, and I really like. Um, I saw someone talking about how Blue, Blue Beetle is the Spider-Man of the DC universe, and he truly is. I wish we got more Blue Beetle. This is a welcome addition to the stack this week. 
I will throw out there the thing that I was most excited to check out this week was Star Trek number two from IDW Publishing. The first issue of that just crushed it. I think, Justin, you described it yeah. as like the Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame of Star Trek books. Everybody and comes so, together. It's great. Everybody comes together. Absolutely wild. Very excited to check out the second issue. And all of those are going to be in our stack podcast that pubs Wednesday, 9 a.m. in the pubs. Comics. <laughs> or the dedicated stack feed listener. And we're closing out our really What's wild. New in Store segment with what pubs this week. That's us here at Comic Book Club. The Alex Gorithm is strong tonight. <laughs> and that is it for this week's show. We would like to thank Cecil Castellucci for coming on. Don't yes. forget to check out iHeart's Nikki Fixes Time Mix. On all podcast platforms, also Shifting Earth from Dark Horse and Burger Books, which is out now, as well as everything else that she has written, which is always awesome. Next week, John Dunning is going to be here from Dark Horse Comics Wiper to talk about that. Also, a bunch of other stuff to check out. The Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, is rapidly finishing up Season 3 and gearing up for Season 4. Jump in the room! Also, Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, as mentioned, we have our Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special recap, and we're going to be going back to doing Phase 2 and Phase 3 recaps with some special guests, which should be very fun, so check that out in that podcast feed. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good Take night care of yourself. and good luck, we say. Special guest week. So grab your